As I was preparing my homily in the last couple of Masses, hearing this Gospel reading again and again, I was sharing with Deacon Norman before Mass, was I, I kind of get frustrated at it. Because the Gospel's way too long. There, it's, there's so much to unpack in it. Why couldn't we just condense it very shortly, get a, a short version for it, and call it a day? Right? And some of us are even sitting here kind of antsy, trying to like, Father, hurry up. Uh, I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl game, right? But to really be able to understand why it's so long and why all these parts play a crucial role, we all have to together track back to these last couple of weeks. Because these last couple of weeks continue to build on each other and really break apart what we have to begin to look at. So let's go all the way back to about three weeks ago where it all began. Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee and choosing his 12 disciples, calling them each by name to come follow him. As soon as he chooses his 12, he leads them therefore up a mountain to begin to teach them. So last week, or two weeks ago, we heard him teach the Beatitudes. If we look at the Beatitudes, we begin to understand his first set of teachings was what it means to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus means to be blessed, to be happy. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who are meek. Because in all of that, we begin to get rid of and rid ourselves of our ego, our self-centeredness and allow God to fill our hearts, our minds, and enter into the deep recesses of our hearts, and then allow us to fill us up. Just like a full cup, there's nowhere that water can be filled any longer. So until that cup is emptied out and that water is emptied, there's nothing else that can be put in. So the invitation when we heard the Beatitudes was how can we begin to empty ourselves more to allow God to penetrate and enter into our lives? Then last week we were given three very distinct and different images. Salt, light, and the city on the hill. So in all of those three images, the commonality and the common thread that pulls all of those three together is our purpose as a disciple. What is our purpose? If salt has no flavor, what is the purpose of salt? Salt at that time was meant to preserve, to enhance meat. So how is salt, how is our faith, faith enhanced and preserved every day and every moment of our life? How does the light of that faith continue to grow and continue to shine, continue to radiate to others? Finally, the city on the hill. How are we living out our faith in a way that we begin to draw others, not to ourselves, but to the person that has transformed and changed our life, which is God himself? That is the purpose of our life as disciples. So today we begin to look at how does discipleship look like on a daily basis? How does that work? How does it, what happens when the rubber beats the road? How do we live that out in our daily life? We look at it with the beginning of our gospel reading today. We hear about the commandments. 
We hear Jesus say to his disciples, Amen, amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not the smallest or the smallest part of the letter will pass from the law, and all things have, been, have taken place. When we think of law, the first thing we should associate ourselves with is Moses. He goes up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments from the mountain. And so Jesus himself is showing us that he is going to fulfill the Old Testament. Everything is going to come into fulfillment in him. And he doesn't go up the mountain by himself, but he brings his apostles with him and receives and sets up a new law. New, not as in being rewritten again, but new as it being fulfilled and pushed to where it was meant to be. What is interesting is the Ten Commandments originally for the Israelite was not th nothing more than a corrective behavior, was an outline of how to behave. So if we look at it very carefully, I shall set God above all things. I shouldn't steal. I, shouldn't, uh, I should respect my parents. I should not lie. So those are just guidelines and expectations of how we're supposed to live. But instead, Jesus today tells us it's not just about corrective behavior. I'm not here to just focus on your behavior, but there's more to the Ten Commandments than just behavioral issues. Not just a behavioral guideline, but I want you to completely understand your purpose. I want you to completely grasp and understand the fact that it's about an interior life and something deep from within. We're not looking at behavior, but we're looking at your true intention from in, within yourself and how does that interior life transform and is changed. That's what he's interested in. So let us begin to poke at what we, we heard. Murder. As a behavior, we're called not to just kill someone, not to end someone's life. In anger, we see, we get it compared back to anger. What is the root cause of anger? Why is someone angry? There's a dispute, there's a disruption in the relationship, there's a tension that occurs from within that causes and leads to anger, and from anger leads to murder. And murder here is not even just the physical death of a person, but let us take it to another level. How is gossip, how is lying the same thing as murder? Because we hurt and destroy someone's identity, we destroy someone's character, we destroy who a person is, and they themselves are no less than just an animal. So how have we fallen short of loving them for who they are as someone created in the image and likeness of God who has a purpose and a mission distinct from themselves? How have we destroyed that? The idea and image, my dear brothers and sisters, when he says, amen, amen, I say to you, he's telling us, yes, I believe this, I hold this to be true because I'm calling you to more. That more, that origin of our lives is to become saints. We're not here to just be. 
or to put it in very simple terms or non-religious terms, we're not here to be mediocre. Our lives here on earth is not mediocre religion. Our life here on earth is meant for us to become saints. Our goal in everything we do in life should be striving to compare ourselves back to Christ. How am I living out what Christ has called me to do? How am I living out my life as a Christian, a person marked and set aside to live a life authentically and radically different just like Christ? But instead, what we like to do is compare ourselves to mediocrity. It's very simple. I'm not that bad. I don't steal anything. I'm not a bad person. I don't lie. I'm not that bad compared to X, Y, and Z person. I'm okay. Or I don't act so badly compared to X, Y, and Z. Or as parents, my kids aren't as bad as so-and-so's kids. We want mediocrity. We're okay with mediocrity. But instead today, when the rubber meets the road, Jesus says you are not meant and made for mediocrity. You are meant for the kingdom of God. You are meant to follow me and you are meant to follow my example. Because you're called to be saints. Your purpose and origin is not for that of this world, but that of the kingdom of God. That for the kingdom of heaven. We recite in our Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is heaven therefore, my brothers and sisters? Heaven is a, 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 being, a state of being in which we come face to face with the divine, in which we come to experience and come to dwell in eternal love, a complete self-sacrificial gift of love that is unconditional, that is not expecting anything back in return. When we experience and come to experience that love in heaven, nothing else matters. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, that experience of heaven is meant to be here on earth. That experience of holiness, that experience of sanctity, that experience of God's love in our life is meant for here and now. But the challenge is mediocrity, my dear brothers and sisters. Think of it this way. Why do we lie? Why do we gossip? We lie because we don't want to get in trouble. Because we're hiding our imperfection. We're uncomfortable with people knowing who we truly are. Gossip. We are so uncomfortable about who we are and where we stand in all of this that the best thing we can do is to chop someone at the knee and lower them down to make me feel better. What does lust come from? Lust is not just the image and adultery and desire of someone. Lust is the fact that my heart is meant for something more. My heart is desiring something more, and I don't know what it is. And I can tell you that desire is for love, to be loved, and out of love, and that is Jesus Christ himself. We desire that from within but instead of desiring Christ and turning ourselves to him, we turn to that of the world and trick ourselves into believing, into thinking that this is going to bring me love. 
but instead it puts us in this vicious cycle of emptiness, of not feeling love, and desiring more of something that is not there. So what are we to do, my dear brothers and sisters? We're not just called to be mediocre. We're not called to just be lukewarm. We're each and individually called to become saints, to become holy, to become great in our own perspective and our own way. But that way ultimately leads to Christ and his example. So what are we to do? The decision becomes ours. Jesus Christ gives us the free choice to make that decision. Do we want to live in mediocrity? Are we okay with that mediocrity? Because what he's about to give his disciples is something so much more, something so much greater than what mediocrity can offer us. He's about to radically change their life and show them how that life is going to impact and change who they are. But do they want it? We today, my dear brothers and sisters, are about to approach the greatest, the source and summit of our life, the Eucharist, where we come and experience and witness and come to the celebration where heaven and earth meet where all time stops at the celebration of the Eucharist. We come to experience the great mystery of bread and wine becoming the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we can go from mediocrity to holiness, from mediocrity to saints. But the question is, do we choose to or not? So let us come to this Eucharistic celebration Asking, pleading the Lord to help us go from mediocrity to becoming saints. To help us get to where we're meant to be. To help us live our life that way that he's called us. And make sure that we can live it out every day and every moment of our life. Amen.